Welcome back. You're listening to This Week with Justin McCarthy. There were 295 patients on trolleys waiting for a hospital bed this morning. According to figures from the HSE, a further 375 surge capacity beds were in use. Those are beds which are taken from elsewhere in the hospital system to meet the emergency department's demands. And it often means that admissions for other patients will be cancelled as a result. Once again, the most overcrowded hospital was University Hospital Limerick. Well, that hospital is now the subject of a judge-led investigation following the death of 16-year-old Aoife Johnston in December 2022 after waiting 12 hours for treatment at the hospital's emergency department. We're joined now by the Chief Executive of the HSE, Bernard Gloucester. Bernard Gloucester, good afternoon and welcome to the programme. Good afternoon, Justin. Um, we'll talk about the investigation into the death of Aoife Johnston in, in a moment. But first, I, I just want to ask you about the general picture in emergency departments across the country. Um, we've not, as I understand it, hit the peak of the flu season yet and, and respiratory uh, illnesses in the country are are running rampant. Um, uh, are you expecting overcrowding to get worse um, this week? It's certainly going to be a very challenging week ahead for us. But but can I say firstly, Justin, I, I want to recognise the staff and management system right across the country. Uh, in the six months that closed out 2023 compared to 2022, uh, we saw an improvement in the trolley position by any standard measurement of about 22% uh, in in most healthcare systems that, that would not be the case uh, in, in recent years uh, and even on a full year on year progress of about 10% uh, I think that's exceptionally important um, and that's because we changed the planning system when I spoke to you mid-year I said we were going to have an all year round plan which uh, I agreed with the Minister and the Secretary General and the Department uh, and we have done that and implementation of that plan is what has, has led us to that position so I want to recognise that and it is a major improvement. It's the first week of a new year I can recall in my career when uh, trolleys haven't been the headlines uh, of the media. That said there's no room for complacency uh, Week 51 of the year saw combined influenza uh, notified cases of about 1,830. Uh, week one uh, of this year, not yet fully complete on figures 2,645. Uh, based on all the information available to me, we're going to hit the height of the flu into this week. Uh, that will tail on into uh, the following week. So we are ex- we are expecting uh, significant pressure on the system, but at the moment we are, uh, I think, holding relatively well uh, and when you take markers and considerations of the experience of people in emergency departments, I did make a commitment earlier in the year uh, that people waiting uh, for a bed who had a decision made to admit them, particularly people over 75, would rapidly uh, reduce from what it was last year. And that has been the case. So so there's a lot of focus, but there's a lot of challenge ahead. And we would encourage people, of course, to also take our advice around respiratory illness, around vaccination and so on. And in response to your own, your own directions, um, some hospitals have certainly increased their discharge rates at weekends. They have more key decision makers working on weekends. But there are other hospitals who are still lagging far behind and and simply are not discharging at the rates that you would expect that they they, they should do given the pressure on the system. And what's the problem? Why are some hospitals able to do this and others aren't? So it's very variable context. There are no two hospitals the same and you can cite history, culture, uh, resources and uh, practice patterns. What I would say to you is that uh, for the next three weeks and for the last four weeks, uh, every day of the seven days of the week, uh, I have a call with uh, every hospital 
hospital group and every community healthcare area in the country uh, working jointly uh, with clinical leadership and management leadership to focus on maximum discharging at the weekend. We have seen major improvements in that in the latter months of 2023. There's still a long way to go with that. Um, uh, some hospitals we are giving additional attention to to try and help them uh, to come up to that level. I have said to you many, many times before, the Irish healthcare system will not improve until we sustain our activity over seven days. Uh, are many elective surgeries being cancelled as a result of the overcrowding that we're seeing at the moment? So there's no doubt there are some. Uh, I won't know till the end of this month exactly how many, but what I would say is uh, I did give a clear direction to hospitals coming into the end of the year to not schedule for this time of the year uh, except for time-critical work. Uh, so in most cases, I expect that they weren't scheduled and they'll be scheduled between February and November. Uh, but but they some ha- They some, have scheduled some. So, some were scheduled and there's no doubt some were cancelled because one of the consequences of the respiratory illness growth and the flu is the community transmission leads to hospital and healthcare setting outbreaks and that does end up closing and restricting beds and one has to be very careful uh, in that context. As, as we mentioned, the hospital with the, the worst overcrowding again this week was uh, University Hospital Limerick and that is now the subject of um, an independent judge-led investigation uh, after the death of 16-year-old Aoife Johnston uh, on Christmas week in December 2022. She'd waited 12 hours for treatment for sepsis. Um, This inquiry is now going to be carried out. At the end of that process, do you expect that individuals will be held to account so there's a couple of things I, I want to say about the case of Aoife. This is the first chance I've had to uh, speak publicly since I received the report of the systems analysis in December. Uh, and the first thing I do want to say, and I hope to get to meet Aoife's family shortly, um, I, I do want to express my profound regret uh, and sincere apology to them for what has happened to them. There is nothing I can say can take away the pain uh, and the grief uh, that they must be experiencing. Um, and and it, is, it is just so dreadfully tragic. Uh, and I do sincerely want to apologise for that. That is the first thing. The second thing I want to say is that in, in healthcare, uh, mistakes and errors happen and very often we have to learn from those and we have to create an environment that we would call a just culture that allows us to learn because otherwise people would never practice uh, medicine or clinical care. However, there's certainly in this case uh, are, are significant factors of, of a serious failing uh, that had the most catastrophic Um, uh, outcome and consequences. Uh, I have said uh, very clearly the question of accountability has to be a question uh, that I as the CEO of the organisation have to answer. And and, and Uh, to to that, and and I will allow you time, but on that point, um, if this investigation finds that there were failings uh, by senior managers in relation to that case, are you prepared for those people to lose their jobs? So what I would say to you is I I have raised the question of accountability. This is a very, um, not only tragic, but very complex matter. That's why I've asked for, and he has agreed uh, for Mr Justice Frank Clark to assist me. He's going to do that over a very short period of time. This is not a two or three year prolonged inquiry. Uh, Based on what he tells me and everything else, I have to then uh, determine whether or not uh, other processes follow from that. I, I can't uh, engage in speculation or presumption around that, but I, I do want to say, Justin, and it's important, uh, there has been no finding against any individual at the moment. Uh, and I think it's very important that where there is accountability, people can be absolutely assured uh, I will discharge that. 
but 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 I equally will not commit my staff uh, to trial by social media or or the summary but justice of populism. It is reported in the Sunday Independent today that criticisms of management uh, at uh, at Limerick University Hospital in an earlier draft report uh, were not included in the final report, which was given to the Johnston family. Why was that? Uh, I, I don't know, quite frankly. Uh, I wasn't here at the time of the draft report, but, but I, if, if I can just explain uh, away from this specific case, what normally happens with a systems analysis is if you're a staff member who contributes to it, you get back a factual accuracy check of what you said to ensure the investigator has what you said. And if the investigator is drafting a report that in any way might appear to be uh, or have the consequence of being an adverse finding, which is not the purpose of a systems analysis, you do have the right to respond to that beforehand. And that does lead to uh, changes in draft reports. What I am saying, though, equally, is that any concern uh, that anybody has about the uh, systems as report, including the family, I will be very glad to hear that from them. And I'd be very glad indeed for them to be able to raise that directly with Mr Justice Clark. So uh, everything is on the table. Um, but but, but I, do, I, do, I do want to be clear, first and foremost, in my thoughts here, uh, has to be Aoife and her family uh, and, and doing, doing appropriate justice uh, to the failure uh, that led to her death. And, and the failures that were outlined in the report that the Johnston family have now found that overcrowding at uh, the hospital was endemic. It found that there were not enough doc- doctors, there were not enough worker, uh, um, nurses working at the emergency department and there was little understanding of the risks caused to patient care by overcrowding uh, at the emergency department in the hospital. Um, I, I mean, is there a problem... With, with the management of that hospital in general? So what I've asked uh, Frank Clark to do uh, is to take a very broad remit and now look at, uh, from an evidence-based point of view, what was it in the governance of the hospital that contributed uh, to those findings? Uh, and that's clear. I think people are also aware, uh, not just in the hospital, but in the entire health system in the Midwest, have expedited the structural reform there and brought forward the appointment of a very uh, new and competent regional executive officer who uh, gives me an additional level of assurance. Uh, I have to continue uh, to focus on the assurance I have today. But I do want to say this uh, to the public who live in that area. I live there myself. Uh, I have no difficulty saying to the public, if you require emergency care today or if you require hospital care, there is no reason you shouldn't go to that hospital. Okay, but do you you have, just given what we've seen with consistent and persistent overcrowding at at that hospital and what we we saw in relation to uh, the tragic case of Aoife Johnston, do you have confidence in the management at that hospital? So right now, today, uh, I'm satisfied with the arrangements that I have in place uh, and with the additional assurance that I've given. I have, separate to what Frank Clark is doing, uh, asked a number of questions uh, regarding my assurance in the governance and the leadership of the hospital. uh, And I am uh, in receipt of uh, responses to that uh, on Friday and I'm continuing uh, to consider those responses. And but but I, I, I am saying to you, uh, the ultimate measure of confidence in a public service is can people go there to use it? And I'm very happy to say people can uh, and should be able to do that. Do the problems though persist? Because the, the INMO says that there is a 20% uh, vacancy rate in the staff, uh, the, the staffing levels at nurses in the emergency department of uh, University um, of Limerick Hospital. Um uh, I mean, given what we saw in the in the in the, the that report that shows that, that there weren't enough uh, nurses working in, in the ED, 
uh, and we have a 20% vacancy rate today, does that still persist, those problems? So in, 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 in every part of the workforce of the health service, you will have vacancies and a churn rate at any one time. Um, I have no doubt that that can cause pressures on a day. But I do want to say, Justin, I think it's important to say this, uh, the staffing in the Limerick Hospital alone, not just uh, the group, has grown um, by over a thousand since January of 2020 yes. and in nursing alone in nursing alone by over 300 uh, and it is a hospital that also has access to and uses and relies heavily on uh, agency staffing uh, which supplements any vacancies so so certainly uh, vacancy being a, a concern and a connection to the issues at hand in this case is not an automatic assumption There, There is uh, still a recruitment freeze in place in the HSE are you going to lift that recruitment and freeze this year. So I already gave a number of exemptions on it and I know we spoke about that the last time I spoke with you. I gave further exemptions coming into the uh, Christmas period, particularly to ensure emergency departments and other critical services uh, were there. Uh, the, the simple reality is we've 142,000 people coming out of 2023, probably going to end up about 18 or 1900 more uh, than we were funded for and still the Minister has given us an additional 2200 new posts so there will be recruitment but it will be controlled and that will mean that in areas where they are full uh, to their approved resource they will continue to pause yes. So the freeze remains? In, in part and in places. And for the remainder of the year? Not for the remainder of the year. It's too far, to, it's too far out to, to say that. It would never be uh, our desire to, then to have anything other than the maximum workforce. Uh, and I continue to pursue that. But I did say previously, I, I can't have what I can't afford. Bernard Gloucester, Chief Executive of the HSE, thank you for coming to talk to us today. We're back with more after this. Thanks. 